episode number 192 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off of your first order. And today's episode, we're pretty much going to just devote the entire thing to Jesper Foss because the writing is kind of on the wall here. He's set to become an unrestricted free agent. The Rangers, at various points over this past season, I think at least were kicking the tires with Jesper Foss, trying to come to some kind of an agreement. I know near the trade deadline, it seemed possible that the Rangers could either A, sign him to a long-term extension, or B, trade him away due to the fact that they were not able to do that. Uh, But now, you know, he plays out the rest of the regular season with the Rangers, and he is set to become an unrestricted free agent, free to talk to all 31 NHL teams. Like I said, it kind of seems like they're writing on the wall and that Jesper Foss could be playing elsewhere next season. That's not a 100% guarantee, but it seems more likely than not that Jesper Foss might be somewhere else. And I know that's a disappointing statement to hear for a lot of Ranger fans, myself included, because Jesper Foss, uh, he's been one of my favorite players on the Rangers for quite a few years now, a guy who has definitely been a career overachiever and just goes out there, works his tail off for this team. Uh, Just been a rock-solid contributor for the Rangers for several seasons now. But Forever Blue Shirts uh, had a report that the Rangers have not had any substantial talks with Jesper Foss this offseason and also that there will be plenty of teams interested in Foss services, most notably the Nashville Predators who were interested in trying to acquire Foss at the trade deadline this past season. That obviously did not happen, but it's at least possible that the Predators uh, could look to Jesper Foss and try to bring him into Nashville once this free agency period begins. So there goes my hope that perhaps Foss market would be slow to develop. You know, with Foss, it's kind of tough because what exactly is his value? You know, he's not going to get one of those giant mega deals based on his offensive production, but he's a player who just does all the little things right. He's an excellent penalty killer. He'll go to the dirty parts of the rink to fight for the puck. He plays every single shift like it's his last, and it was really cool to kind of see him evolve into a top six forward this past season, uh, typically playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom, but we will see what happens in the offseason. Again, it's Difficult to determine exactly how much he's going to make, what kind of a deal he's looking at. His most recent contract with the Rangers was for three total years and a total of $5.55 million for an average annual value of $1.85 million. I would think he'd be in line for at least uh, a small raise, maybe somewhere in the... uh, it's so hard to say with Foss. Maybe like in the $3 million per year range, I think that might be about right, but who knows? You know, there. it sounds like there are some teams that are going to be lining up to try to acquire him once he becomes a free agent, try to coax him into signing with their team, and who knows? Maybe there's a little bit of a bidding war. It goes back and forth, and Foss can get paid like he deserves to get paid, but we'll see what happens. Either way, like I said, I don't know that the Rangers are going to be bringing him back into the fold next year. It just doesn't seem too likely that it's going to happen. And, you know, this is something that we've talked about really throughout the history of this podcast. You know, there's a lot of difficult decisions that need to be made with free agency, with the Rangers, with any team in the NHL, and really with any team in sports, because 
the cold hard truth is that you just can't keep everybody. And I'm sure the Rangers, like a lot of us are, they're very fond of Jesper Foss. They're very appreciative for everything he has done for this team over the years. But, you know, some players, it's just a fact they're going to leave in free agency. And it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, like I said, he's been a very popular player for this team and uh, one of my personal favorites as well. I thought we could kind of take it from the top here and just sort of look at Jesper Foss' career progression ever since he was drafted by the Rangers. First of all, uh, drafted by the Rangers in the 2010 NHL draft, he was taken in the sixth round. He went number 157 overall. So to say that he outperformed his draft position, definitely an understatement. There are a lot of six-round picks who don't end up really doing much of anything in the NHL. Some of them, a lot of them, don't even make it to the NHL. They don't even sniff uh, an NHL hockey game. And Jesper Foss has done that in a heck of a lot more. And he's become a staple on this Ranger team ever since he made his debut back in 2013. And let me just say that this was by far the highlight of the 2010 draft for the Rangers. I'm going to read you a list of the other players that the Rangers selected in that draft. And fair warning, it is not pretty, okay? So... Like we said, Jesper Foss, he was taken in the sixth round by the Rangers, going number 157 overall in the 2010 draft. But here's the rest of that draft for the Rangers, okay? First round, number 10 overall was Dylan McElrath. He only ended up playing in 38 career games with the Rangers, so obviously that did not work out. He's still kind of kicking around in the AHL. The second round of the 2010 draft, the Rangers take Christian Thomas. Guess how many games Christian Thomas played in with the Rangers? One. And he's only played a total of 27 NHL games to date. So obviously that did not work out either. The Rangers did not take anyone in the third round. But in the fourth round, they select Andrew Yogan. He still has not made his NHL debut. And frankly, it's not looking so good that he's ever really going to get a chance to do that. Um, and then in the fifth round, the Rangers take Jason Wilson. And then finally, the Rangers hit with a pick in the sixth round by taking Jesper Foss. The seventh round, they take Randy McNaught. So yeah, the Rangers really had a grand total of one good selection in this entire draft. They just missed and missed and missed, uh, but they did hit on Jesper Foss. You got to say uh, that was a, a great pick by the team, and he certainly has outperformed uh, whatever the expectations were when he was selected in the sixth round all the way back in 2010, 10 years ago. That's hard to believe. But Foss made his NHL debut with the Rangers during the 2013-2014 season, skated in 11 regular season games and three playoff games. Uh, it was a challenge for him. You know, his first couple of years with this organization, uh, kind of up and down between between the NHL and the AHL a couple of times. There were times where he was a healthy scratch with the Rangers, but he finally really started to stick with the team in the 2014-2015 season. During that year, he skated in 58 games in the regular season and an additional 19 postseason contest. That was the year that the Rangers made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games. And then the following season, 2015-2016, Foss appeared in 79 regular season contests and played in five playoff games as well. And by this point, he had really become a permanent fixture in the Ranger lineup and remains so up until present day. Like we said, obviously, he's an unrestricted free agent and we'll see what happens. But, you know, again, the writing kind of seems to be on the wall that, that he could be moving on here in the offseason. As far as career totals with the Blue Shirts, he spent seven seasons with the Rangers, skating in 422 regular season games. He scored 55 goals, dished out 92 assists, and he also appeared in 40 playoff games with six goals and eight assists. And this past season was arguably his best as a Ranger. He scored a dozen goals, had 17 assists for 29 points in 69 games. That was the third highest point output of his career. In 2017-2018, he had 13 goals and 20 assists for 33 points in 71 games. And then 
Going back to 2015-2016, he had 10 goals and 20 assists for a total of 30 points in 79 games. But he definitely had a chance to set new career highs had the season not been paused due to COVID. And I thought it was just cool this season to kind of just see his progression and see him move up into a top six role with the Rangers. I mean, to my knowledge, maybe he had a cameo as like a top six forward in the past, but this is the first time, uh, at least as my memory recalls, that he really stuck in a top six role. He was basically the right wing on the Rangers' second line for pretty much the whole season. Now, obviously, he moves up and down a little bit, and I know in the playoffs, well, Foss got hurt in the playoffs, but obviously the Rangers, it looked like they wanted to go to Kako on that second line there. But yeah, for the vast majority of this season, uh, he's the Rangers' right wing on the second line, and he's out there with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. So that was just really cool to see. You know, it's a guy who had to scratch and claw and fight just to make his way into the NHL and then had to scratch and claw and fight even more to stick with the Rangers and not be, you know, sent back and forth from Hartford to New York and Hartford to New York and being a healthy scratch. Uh, you know, he really has just had to fight for everything. And then this past season, definitely, I would say the most prominent role, the most important role he's ever played with this team. I mean, with Jesper Foss, he's a grinder. He's going to fight hard. He's going to fight for the loose buck. He's going to go into the dirty points of the rink all that good stuff, but this is the first time we ever really saw him in, in such an important role, you know, a top six forward. So uh, really cool to see. It was 10 years in the making. Again, he was drafted in 2010, and this is, uh, you know, the biggest role that he's ever played for the Rangers this past season. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Ever since the Rangers got eliminated from the playoffs this year, you know, we've kind of been talking about the team's own impending free agents, as well as some free agents from around the league. And it always is a little bit sad when a season concludes. I mean, first of all, because unless you win the Stanley Cup, the season didn't end the way that you wanted it to. You've either been eliminated from the playoffs or you missed the playoffs altogether. But it's also sad because you know that there are certain guys that are not going to be back with the team next year. There are certain guys who have skated in their last game with the New York Rangers. And it's sad whether it's somebody who's, you know, a franchise legend, somebody who's just, you know, a pretty solid player somebody who has a very small role, uh, it always, you know, kind of stings a little bit because, you know, some of these guys are going to be on their way and they're going to be playing elsewhere next season. Some off seasons, obviously, you get hit a little bit harder than others, but this season, yeah, we're going to be losing Jesper Foss is what it looks like. And he's a guy who, you know, I've always said that it's hard to believe this, but he is the fourth longest tenured Ranger after only Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Chris Kreider. And again, a guy who's just been a fixture on this team. He's done everything the Rangers have asked him to do. And as I mentioned in the intro, the Rangers did try to get an extension done with Jesper Foss leading up to the trade deadline, but they just couldn't quite make it happen. Uh, nevertheless, the Rangers decided to hang on to him for the rest of the season, obviously running the risk 
that they could lose him in free agency when free agency starts. And some people might hear that and say, well, you know, then they should have traded him. They should have traded him at the deadline when they still could have gotten something for him. And it's not an unfair point to make, but the Rangers were surging at the time, and I think they really wanted to let this team, you know, kind of continue to ride it out, continue to kind of surf on that wave that they had caught, and hopefully complete the run to the playoffs and get some invaluable experience for a group of players that, as we talked about, has very, very little playoff experience. And plus, with Foss, you know, I don't think he would have netted the Rangers a King's ransom at the deadline. So the Rangers probably just figured that they were better off hanging on to him throughout the rest of the season and just see what happens as far as the playoff chase is concerned. And I'm completely fine with that. Again, I don't think they missed out on, you know, landing multiple first round picks or or landing a prospect who's ready to jump onto the ice at the NHL level and just kill it for 10 years with the Rangers going forward. You know, I think the return would have been fairly modest. You could still make the case that the Rangers should have done it if they knew that, you know, Foss was probably going to be on his way either way. But again, I don't think the return would have been crazy for the Rangers. And so I'm fine with them hanging on to him throughout the rest of the season into the playoffs as well. I will say this, though. If Jesper Foss does indeed leave in free agency, it's unfortunate that the last memory that Ranger fans are going to have of Jesper Foss is him being absolutely just clobbered by Brady Shea on his first shift of the playoffs this past year. And then, of course, you know, Foss is in a daze after taking that hit, and he can't get to where he needs to be on the ice, and the Canes score an early goal in Game 1. It's not Jesper Foss' fault. I mean, he had his bell rung, clearly. Uh, What do you want him to do? He's out there. He's trying the best he can, but clearly uh, definitely in a little bit of a daze after receiving that hit. But yeah, you know, just a player who I think kind of deserved a better ending with the Rangers. It definitely would have been nice to see him play in the rest of that playoff series. Uh, I can't sit here and say that I think it would have made... Uh, a gigantic difference in the outcome. Obviously, the Canes swept the Rangers. I don't think the Rangers would have won that series if Jesper Foss had been healthy for the entire series. Again, it would have been great to have him out there, but you got to remember, you know, the Rangers' biggest issue in that series against the Canes was a just complete lack of goals and a power play that just couldn't get anything done. And I know the Canes have a great penalty kill, but the Rangers did nothing to help themselves on the main advantage. So I don't know how likely it would be that Jesper Foss would have fled, you know, a sudden offensive explosion for the Rangers. So yes, his absence definitely hurt in that series. But you know, the Canes, they were dealing with some injuries of their own, uh, most notably Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci. And so, you know, again, I don't think Jesper Foss goes out there and scores three or four goals for the Rangers in a short series and leads them to a series victory. You never know. It would have been nice to have him. But again, I don't think he would have Uh, provided the Rangers a lot of what they were missing, and what they were missing was goals being scored. You know, you score four goals in three games, that's just not going to get done. And I don't think Jesper Foss probably would have, you know, been able to do too much to rectify that situation. Something else that I think has been working against Jesper Foss as far as his chances of re-signing with the Rangers all along, and certainly uh, perhaps now more prevalently than ever, is I think that at some point in the near future, probably as soon as opening night this season coming up, uh, the Rangers are really going to look to commit to Capo Caco as a top six forward. And I think Caco, like we saw in the playoffs after Jesper Foss got injured, he could definitely be ticketed for that second line right wing spot that Foss had occupied. I mean, Caco, he went number two overall in the draft last year, and he started to look better in the postseason. He looked good at training camp or training camp 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. So I think the Rangers really going to give him a little bit more rope this upcoming season. I know for most of this past season, you know, he moved up and down the lineup a little bit like a lot of guys did. But for the most part, he was there on the third line on the right wing. But 
Yeah, I mean, Kako, clearly a player with more upside than Jesper Fossa, especially as far as offensive fireworks are concerned. And I just think he's going to get a chance to be out there with Artemi Panarin and possibly Ryan Strom. We'll see what happens with Ryan Strom. That's a whole nother debate for a whole nother episode, whether or not he's going to come back. But if Strom is back, you got to believe he's going to be right there back in his typical role as the second line center. We could be looking at a second line next year of Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. So yeah, you know, if you're the Rangers, you could bring back Jesper Foss, but I think the fact that you're looking to commit to Capo Caco probably uh, makes it less likely that you're going to spend a lot of money to bring Jesper Foss back because, you know, Jesper Foss, even if the Rangers do bring him back next year, he'll probably see his role shrink at least a little bit. He would still be an important part of the team. He would still do all the little things that he's so good at. He'd still be a great uh, member of the penalty kill unit, but he'd probably be moving down back to a bottom six forward role. And so with all that considered, it probably doesn't make sense for the Rangers to give Jesper Foss a raise, which is probably what it will take to keep him if the Rangers wanted to go down that road. They're not going to give him a raise to then bring him back in a diminished role next season. So, you know, again, I don't say any of this stuff lightly. I'm not trying to push Jesper Foss out the door here. I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves. I'm kind of looking at the writing on the wall here, and it just seems like uh, Foss... Again, you know, you can't keep everybody and he's going to be one of the odd men out when free agency starts with the Rangers, especially considering that he is an unrestricted free agent and that it sounds like there's a lot of teams who could be interested in his service. But we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, you never know. Maybe at the zero hour, there's a change of heart by the Rangers or by Jesper Foss or by both. They're able to meet in the middle. They're able to come to some kind of an agreement on an extension. But again, you know, every sign that we're seeing points to him likely playing on a different team next season. So if this is the end for Jesper Foss and this is the end for his tenure uh, on the Rangers, uh, let me just say it has been an absolute pleasure to watch him play hockey for this team and continue to see his role expand as the years have progressed. He has been an alternate captain for the Rangers the last couple of seasons, and it was well-deserved. And if he moves on, I have no doubts that he can make a, a big-time impact on his new team as well. At this point, you know, if he indeed has played his last game with the Rangers, let's just keep our fingers crossed that he doesn't end up on a division rival. You know what? He can go ahead and go to the Nashville Predators because it sounds like the Predators were definitely interested in his services at the trade deadline this past season. And obviously the Rangers, you know, the Predators are in the Western Conference. There's little to no history to speak of between the Rangers and the Predators. And so, yeah, we wouldn't have to worry about playing Jesper Foss uh, very often next season and in seasons to come. One more thing I thought we could do here before we call it a day is to just take a look at the ever-expanding uh, Stanley Cup playoff picture here. We are down to just seven teams remaining, and we're getting toward the tail end of round two, the round of eight, if you will. And we had a moment last night, a former Ranger coming through in a big, big way, Derek Broussard. Uh, the Islanders were actually trailing the Flyers 3-1 to one with less than five minutes remaining. Brock Nelson scores a goal to cut it to 3-2, to two, and then Derek Broussard ties the game with just two 41 remaining. The Flyers did go on to win the game in overtime, but it was still very cool to see a former Ranger, you know, coming up clutch in a spot like that. And for people who may not want to root for any of these teams that are left in the Eastern Conference, it's just the Flyers, the Islanders, and the Lightning. That's all you have to choose from in the Eastern Conference. But what are the silver linings here if one of these teams ends up going on to win the Stanley Cup is that we've got a handful of former Rangers uh, on all of these teams here. And you can start with the Flyers. you got Kevin Hayes. He's had an outstanding season with the Philadelphia Flyers. And people have really spoken very highly of him as far as you know, kind of changing the culture a little bit in that Flyer locker room. The Flyers, of course, an underachieving team last season. And then this year, ending up in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And they win the round robin to get the number one seed in the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs. 
with all that said, they are still one loss away from being eliminated despite the heroics last night in overtime. But yeah, if we have to endure the Philadelphia Flyers winning the Stanley Cup, at least Kevin Hayes will finally get his name on the cup. And so will Elaine Vigneault, who obviously got close a couple of times with the Rangers. I know Ranger fans might have some mixed feelings on AV as well. And I get it. You know, I think when the Rangers let him go, it was definitely time because they were entering a rebuild. And it was probably a good idea to get uh, a new voice in the room. But with all that said, uh, I'm not going to forget the things that AV did for this team. You know, he took us to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in 20 years. And he presided over a team that in back-to-back -back seasons came back from being down three games to one in a best-of-seven series to win the series. Uh, they did it in 2014 against the Penguins. And they did it in 2015 against the Capitals. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't sit here and say I want to see the Flyers win the Stanley Cup, but if that's what happens, hey, at least Kevin Hayes and Elaine Vigneault uh, get to lift the cup, so that would be pretty cool. And then the Islanders, uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of Derek Broussard. I was kind of hoping that the Rangers would sign him. He was a free agent this past offseason, just sat on the free agent market forever before finally signing a one-year deal with the Islanders, but like I just mentioned, he came up clutch last night with that game-tying goal to send the game into overtime, and if we have to endure the Islanders winning the cup, hey, at least Derek Broussard uh, gets his name on the Stanley Cup. You got to look for silver linings here, and I think uh, Ranger fans, we don't want to see the Islanders win it all, but I think we could all crack a little bit of a smile when we see Derek Broussard lifting the cup over his head. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning, and this is clearly the team that I'm rooting for in the Eastern Conference at this point. I think it kind of goes without saying that most Ranger fans would pull for them over the Islanders or the Flyers, but the Lightning have Ryan McDonough, and you know, he was the Ranger captain, did a great job for this team for many, many years, uh, just a block shot machine, left it all on the ice, and if we see the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, then I think that's going to be the highlight of the celebration for most of us is seeing Ryan McDonough uh, become a Stanley Cup champion. The Lightning also have Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, whatever. Look, it didn't work out. It didn't work out with him on the Rangers. He only spent two years in New York before the Rangers bought him out. I don't hold any really ill will toward him, but at the same time, if he wins the Stanley Cup, it's not like I'm going to be jumping around my living room and just being thrilled for him either because, you know, he underperformed when he was on the Rangers, and obviously they uh, parted ways, and now he's on the Lightning. If he wins it, it's fine, but the highlight of the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup for, I think, a lot of Ranger fans is going to be seeing Ryan McDonough as a Stanley Cup champion. Then you go to the Western Conference. Uh, we got a game tonight, actually. The Avalanche and the Stars, they're heading into Game 6. That's the only game tonight that starts at 8 o'clock. The Avalanche were down three games to one in that series. They won Game 5 to send it to Game 6. The Avalanche have Vladislav Nemestikov. And again, you know, I... I really don't care if he wins the Stanley Cup because he was, you know, part of the deal that sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was supposed to be, you know, really uh, one of the best parts of that deal for the Rangers, and it just never worked out. He never did anything for this team. And really, the writing was on the wall. The Ranger front office probably should have recognized the fact that Nemestikov only produced the points that he did with the Lightning because he was often playing on lines with Kucherov and Stamkos. So, yeah. Fair to say his numbers were inflated. I really don't care if he wins it, but the Avalanche are playing the Stars tonight. I do think I'm pulling for the Avalanche in that series. I just like the players on the Avalanche more than I like the players on the Stars, and we need a couple of Game 7s, so sign me up for an Avalanche win tonight. Uh, you go to the Vegas Golden Knights. They have Nick Holden, who's a former Ranger, and kind of the same thing. I mean, he was only with the Rangers for two years. He didn't really stand out that much to me one way or the other. I think, you know, there was at least one year where I think he struggled in the playoffs a little bit. I uh, just didn't make the kind of impression on me that a lot of other uh, Rangers made on me during that era. But I got nothing against Nick Holden. I mean, if he wins it, that's cool too. And then if you go to the Canucks, you've got JT Miller. And Miller, obviously he was part of the trade to the Tampa Bay Lightning that brought 
Vladislav Nemestikov to the Rangers. And Miller has since moved on to the Canucks. This is his first year in Vancouver. And has just had an unbelievable breakout season for the Canucks. They are down three games to two to the Vegas Knights after winning game five last night. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to see JT Miller uh, win the Cup. I got nothing against JT Miller. Uh, obviously a very popular player when he was with the Rangers as well and was part of some deep playoff runs for the New York Rangers. So, yeah, if he wins the Stanley Cup, that would be cool to see as well. And the only other team left is the Dallas Stars. I don't believe there are any former Rangers on the Stars, but they're the only team left that there's not somebody who's, you know, at least somewhat prominent, if not, you know, one of the better players on the Rangers during an era where they were making a lot of deep playoff runs. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. The other interesting thing is that all four of the series in this round, this second round of the playoffs, were three games to one at one point, but the only series to end in five games was Tampa Bay Boston. The Lightning, of course, eliminating the Bruins to punch their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. So if you like playoff hockey, you got to feel good about that. Uh, three of the four series are going to go at least six games. And like I said, the only game tonight is Avalanche versus Stars. Game six starts at 8 o'clock, and we will see what happens there. I mean, go Avalanche because, again, I tend to like the players on the Avalanche more than I like the players on the Stars. And I won some game sevens. I mean, you look around the playoff tournament this season. We didn't get any game sevens in the last round, the round of 16. And we only got one game five in the qualifying round. And if you remember, the qualifying round was a best of five. So you figure we're going to get, you know, at least a couple, at least, you know, three, maybe four, maybe five. I mean, who knows what can happen. But the only game five we got in the qualifying round was Blue Jackets versus Lightning, which was, of course, won by the Columbus Blue Jackets. But yeah, I mean, I want to see these playoff series keep going and going. And I want to see some game sevens. So as far as I'm concerned, every single one of the teams that are down three games to two right now, they can go ahead and win game six and give hockey fans a treat, and uh, we'll see what happens in the game sevens when, when we get there. And I definitely recommend checking out Avalanche versus Stars tonight. You know, I know that for a lot of Ranger fans, the interest can kind of fade, if not die altogether, once the Rangers are eliminated. But I think a lot of us here, you know, we're all hockey fans as well. We can definitely appreciate uh, the excitement that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Avalanche Stars, I mean, I've seen as much of that series as I can. I always like to watch more, but the pace that those two teams have been playing at has just been incredible. It's just been an outstanding, fun series. One of those playoff series where it's just impossible to predict what's going to happen next. So yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out tonight. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit in tomorrow's episode as well, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.